Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens tonight. We have a treat for you. We're getting spooky up in here right after the spooky season. But you know what? We like to extend it just a little bit. We have P.L. Hampton with us tonight. How are you doing, P.L.? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, especially after I read really in depth about your book, Shadowland. I haven't read the book yet, but I read in depth about all of it and a little more about your career. And I'm stoked to get into the weeds with you tonight. So I'm going to give the audience um, just a taste and then we're going to talk about it organically because it's so much better that way, right? That's right. Let's get into it. That and um, they're probably tired of hearing me talk because I could just yabber for the rest of my life, you know. So guys, P.L. Hampton is an emerging dark fiction author who draws readers into a world of family, ancient artifacts, and the hidden shadows of the past. They just gave me chills again, even after I've sat there and read it like five times, okay? So check this out. He's a college professor who is pursuing his JD. And for those that don't know, it's his law degree, right? He's going to be a lawyer. Are you going to be a lawyer or are you going for the judge? You're going beyond the lawyer thing. You're going to be a judge. Uh, I'm going to be more of a uh, criminal civil rights lawyer. Love it. We need more of those is just not enough. So good on you. Now, how you balance all of it, I'll never know. But maybe through this conversation, you're going to share some secrets. I'm hoping. So his novel, Shadowland, is inspired by real events. And guys, when we get into this, you're going to have chills. Trust me. And we'll let him tell us more about all of it because it's so much more enticing when you hear it straight from the author than listen to somebody hosting a show tell you all kinds of fancy things written from a piece of paper. So, P.L., wow. Like, how did all of this come about? Well, first, how, how do you how do you juggle writing, uh, college professing, and pursuing a JD? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel uh, I've done, I'm doing too much, but um, I, I don't. You know, I I just have a burning. These are things that I have a burning desire for. I love to write, and I love to. Uh, um, I don't want to leave anything on the table when I go. Kind of what I say it was what I, yeah. what I what I tell my kids. You know, I want to. I don't want to be able to when I get older when I can't do certain things or when my health might uh, uh, not allow me to do certain things that I look in the mirror and say, "Dang, I wish I could have done that." Um, yeah. So I, that's how I approach life. That's how I live life. Um, and I've always wanted to write. I've been writing since I was young. I'm my uh, early teens. And at that time, it was just me scribbling stuff on paper, um, thoughts that came in my head. Um, 
the fascination with other worlds, other places. Uh, and that came from reading books uh, that my father, uh, you know, kind of encouraged me to do. Um, and I always point out the first book that enthralled me was uh, Watership Down. And about that, you know, and I always have to say, you know, I know people who are like, okay, why Watership Down? And it was just fascinating to me about these rabbits and their quest yeah. to find a new home and all the, the, the events that take place as they're on this journey. And um, that sparked my imagination, which caused me to read more and then made me think, wow, I have such an imagination in my mind. There's so many worlds in my mind. I should write them down. And um, I had notebooks upon notebooks of just short stories or sentences that I would write. And uh, as I got older, I realized, hey, maybe I can put these together and there'll be a, uh, you know, a nice novel. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's fascinating because a lot of people don't think that they can. Growing up, they have all these ideas floating in their head. And some people think that they shouldn't think certain ways because it's going down rabbit holes, like you said, or it's just fantasy. They're daydreaming. They shouldn't. But what they don't realize is they were just born a writer. But you came to realize that. Um, what point did it become concrete to you that you should become a writer? I have to say when I was in college, um, I took a uh, writing course and back then we didn't have chat GBT. So you had to know how to write. You had to know where your punctuation went and all that stuff. Yeah. So there was no AI. Um, and I had a, I had a college professor who really, really was hard on me um, about style of writing, punctuation, um, tone, theme. And, um, I really, you know, after that class, I mean, I, it was a hard earned B, um, <laughs> but I really appreciated her as a professor and I learned so much and it, it made me think I had the tools necessary to be a good writer. Now, I do want to say, um, usually most people, I don't, you know, I, I won't even say most people, I don't want to generalize, I'm going to speak for myself. Usually when I started out, I was more so thinking of, um, you know, I, I wanted to fashion myself after someone else. You know, you want to be, oh, I want to be like Toni Morrison or, oh, I want to write like Stephen King or, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And and I, I attempted that style, those styles, and it just wasn't organic for me. It just mm -hmm. feel like my voice. And, and it took me a while to kind of shake that off and just be like, you know what? Just write how this just write and whatever you regurgitate onto the page, let's see what it is. And so um, it took me a while to get there that way, uh, to get there to that point. But I felt when I got there, I felt comfortable. And, and you know, I'm going to be honest. Some people don't don't properly care for the way I write. Um, and then I have people who tell me your book. I read your book and your book is like a script almost. It's like a it's like you're ready for TV or ready for uh, the movies. And I have to explain to people, um, that's how it is in my mind. It's a movie. It's a script. I mean, it's not, it's not even a script. It's a movie in my head. And so I'm describing to you this movie or these things that are playing out in my head. But then it's one of those movies where, oh, this character does this. So let me change that, you know, because my, my story is very, my, when my writing process is very character driven. And 
and that's what a lot of authors and I love that you embrace that about your writing. A lot of authors sometimes don't realize that your book isn't going to be for everybody. Your writing style is your writing style and that's okay. You're going to find your audience and your audience when you find them, find them are going to be your rabid fan base. That's the beauty of it. And once you find that, that's where you buckle down and and write for those people because they're the ones that really want to read your your work. Um, some people get upset um, that not everybody loves their work. Well, um, and, and I love that you mentioned Stephen King because I just came off of a long trip and I'm actually listening because I listen to audiobooks on my trips. I'm listening to my first Stephen King book. I've never read a Stephen King book. And I know that's fascinating to some people, but um, and I am absolutely captivated. So I'm, I'm just like salivating, captivated. But I think that you have to find what what's in your niche. So I heard, uh, I read that your book is based off of real life events. Um, they're, some they're, they're not, they're events. Some are with me and some are just some things that were told to me growing up. I want to make that disclaimer. Okay. Um, the premise of the, the whole thing that got the impetus that got the whole novel started was actual and that's i think like chapter two or three in the book and that's where my wife um she did wake up in the middle of the night go to the bathroom and i don't you know i don't know how but what you're doing in the living room because the bathroom's before the living room but she saw a shadowy figure in the living room of a shadowy figure of a man and she did wake me up in the middle of the night and she was like okay um i think there's somebody in the living room and i'm like well the alarm isn't going off so somebody's not in the house you're just seeing things and then, of course, you know, it was kind of like, you better get up and you better go take a look at what's going on in the living room uh, or me and you are going to have problems. So um, <laughs> I did that and it was just like, boom, I usually because I like to write and because I like to jot things down. Um, I usually keep a notepad by my bed because some of my dreams are just so vivid and I don't want to forget them. And so I will jot them down. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I got to write this down. Um, I used to be um, a classical piano. I used to play the piano classically. And like one time I woke up and then I had a whole, uh, you know, pianos, a piano uh, wow. a, a concerto or whatever they call them now in my mind. And so even though I had been a while, I wrote down the notes and I had seen these notes. So that's how vivid sometimes my yeah. my dreams can be and I try to capture those and then I came back back to what I was saying is I came back into the room after that and I assured her that there wasn't nobody in the living room but my mind just took off and I I spent the rest of that night didn't get any rest just writing yeah. um so that's that's where that impetus of the book came the other impetus part of the book came is that my or the other part of the book that that's based on some factualities is that my parents or particularly my mother she's from down south she's from new orleans really really oh, um my yes. her family is from the zachary ethel area uh that's predominantly where my mother's side of the family's at but my mother was born and raised in Nolens. i better say it right before she gets mad at me Nolens. right she's gonna listen <laughs> um but um it's there where I would go, uh, uh, you know, I spent uh, summer uh, with family there. And, and I remember having cousins who would have like a chicken's foot 
on a neck rawhide around their neck. Um, my mother used to always claim to see to have a shadow figure growing up that sometimes would stand over her. Some she would she would do dishes and it would hover outside the wind the window of the kitchen while she's doing dishes. Or even to this day, she'll tell me of a shadowy figure. You know, she the, she calls it the spirits. The spirits come visit her uh, when she's when she's sleeping. And that's just, uh, you know, that's my mother and I do believe her. And, and uh, I personally myself do believe in spirits and uh, I don't I don't do things to try to play with them and invoke them <laughs> in right. any way or anger them. I'm not messing with them, but I know they're there. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I get you. So um, I also have vivid, very vivid dreams and wake up in the middle of the night. And I used to, I don't do the notepad. I'm an electronic person. I love electronics. So I would write until one morning I woke up and I was like, I know I had a really good dream and I wrote it all down and I'm so excited to put it in a manuscript. And then I looked at my notepad and I could not read anything because it was just a string of unconscious letters. So I do, I do voice memos now. And I just told my sister about it because she was wanting to remember some dreams that she was having to, because we interpret a lot of dreams that we have to try to understand our subconscious. Cause I'm a psych major. And, okay. um, I told her use voice memo, no longer write anything down because it doesn't make sense sometimes. But if you use a voice memo, um, in your, I call it the unwaking hour, okay. then your voice memo will make more sense in the morning. So just tip, if you want to start using voice memo, it might save you some time. I'll that <laughs> it, it might give Give you uh, more insight into your vivid dreams, but that's that's absolutely fascinating. Now, you also blend historical significance in your writing as well. Where does that um, historical part of your writing blend um, with some of the other dark aspects of the book? Um, that touches on what I was saying, which is about playing with. Um artifacts or playing with spirits and not invoking them in some ways. Okay. Uh, I, 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 when I started this process for this particular novel, as I saying, what started it was that particular vision by my wife who claimed to have seen a shadowy figure, you know, and like I said, my mother had claims to see, I've seen shadowy figures. And so that kind of just sparked that, that night. Um, I wanted to connect this to African as well as African-American history. Um, and, and how that blends and weaves into what is American history. Um, and I, 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 and this is me drawing back some from some of the Southern roots that I have via my mother. And so I tied it into um, uh, African history and spirituality through voodoo. We call it voodoo um, and the ways where that uh, spirituality and religion is used, it's really not a religion, but spiritual, uh, is used to communicate with the ancestors and uh, uh, deities or gods on the land of invisibles, is what it's called. Um, and so in, in my instance of how I wanted to touch upon that and bring that in was through what is known, which really not too much known in American culture, it's called a divination tray. And this is what it looks like. This is the novel. Okay. This is my own personal divination tray. I do have that. Um, it's, a, it's a way that 
tribes in West Africa, the Yoruba, the Iwi, the Iwi um, and the other tribes go about talking to their ancestors to answer questions that they might have. They might be uh, they might be in a predicament. They are looking for guidance on how they get out of that predicament. And with anything dealing with spirits, there's a right way to operate it. And then there's a wrong way to operate it. Yeah. And so the story is based upon a family uh, who gentlemen and his friends who play with this and they don't play with the correct way, which opens the door to the the the. the malviolent evil side of the yeah. board of the tray. And do you feel that when you say uh, West Africa, mm-hmm. um, do you feel that that ties very strongly into your, your roots as well as the African-American side of what you're trying to share in your literature? Yes, because that 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 ties in for me in my story, and in, in, in my mind and how I see it perfectly, um, it brings the history and the past together and weaves it into the present, mm-hmm. um, into I like to say and I've said this before into a beautiful tapestry, yeah. in my mind, of of the weaving of the history of the past and the present and how it's affecting this person's this family's life at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, it's, has to be told in my, in my opinion, because it's a part of our lives, you know, and I, and I don't want to tell it in such a way to where it's traumatic. Oh, we came over on a slave ship. I think yeah. that that story has been told plenty of times over. I wanted to tell it in a perspective of, of, um, this is the history. This is how this is history is connected to these events that are taking place in this particular gentleman character's life and how this is creating all of these chaotic events and how this person has to not only figure this out, but evolve and then bring it all together in the end. Of course, though, the end is open-ended so I can, uh, cause I, I just couldn't, I was told I need to, Close this out and save the rest for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they love to do that. They love to to stop you and and make you do more. So I I did hear that this is going to be a series, correct? Yes, um, I have to finish out. I mean, uh, I have to finish out this this uh, this story this storyline, um, which I've left open ended, but it's going to jump in the future. Um, The kids are going to be grown. Uh, The protagonist in this particular one is going to be older. He's going to be an elderly gentleman. Um, But uh, some of the things that weren't tied in a nice, neat bow in this this novel (laughs) is going to have to be cleaned up in the next one. Um, And then there is a uh, there's there's a character in this novel as well, who I absolutely fell in love with. And I had to be pulled back because I didn't realize that that character, she took over the story. Uh, and so my editor had to pull me back and say, um, <laughs> who's this book about? Uh, so, wow. so I felt I definitely and all needed to give this character some, 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 it's just due and create 
you know, this backstory I have for this character in my mind and created in its own novel and its own book. Um, oh. And uh, there's also another character in there and she's a ghost and I really want to give her a story as well. I'm just trying to flesh nice. that one out and I don't want yeah. it to be like the lovely bones or nothing like that. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating how they just push their way in and they go, Hey, I want my own book here. Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah for, <laughs> I, sure. I, for sure. I think it's beautiful when they do that because it, it's just like I I interviewed an author one time and she told me this is my only book. This is I just wanted to write this one book. And she's she's on to her third one now because it was like her characters told her what she was going to do by the end of it. And it's Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally I totally get that. I totally feel that. Like I said, my characters drive this story. Um and, you know, that's some of the beauty and the fascination and the love that I have for writing is, is because I get to write and I have these characters who are in these situations and I get to say, well, what if that was someone else I knew who was in that situation? Or what would I do if this, you know, this weird fast situation, I hope doesn't happen, but, you know, yeah, this weird yeah. situation happened, how would I react or how would this person react and, and I and I get to play different people, different sides, me even of myself. Yeah. So was dark fiction always the genre you were going to write or were you just kind of led that way based off of just how it went? And sometimes there's not an explanation, but if there is, I'd love to hear it. Um, I've been telling in the interviews, I've been saying I started out with poetry. Um, when I was writing, I started out with poetry and my whole intentions then was, I'm going to, I'm going to swoon the ladies. I'm going to make, you know, <laughs> I'm going to give this, some girl my poetry and she's just going to yeah. fall in love with me. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm going to Romeo, Romeo, you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, I had these notebooks full of all these little short stories, drawings of characters. Um, just even just one sentence or two of things that caught my attention or that sparked me, like when I'm walking on campus. And um, it just went from there. And and I originally wasn't drawn right away to uh, horror or fiction. And I, I really don't want to say horror. I like to say thriller, suspense type yeah. horror. I don't I don't take you to the point where there's blood and guts. I take you to the point where there's this anticipation and you you're 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 frightened by what comes next. That's more so of how I like to set this up, um, uh, set my stories up. But, it, you know, back to how I got there, it was I tried to write romance um, and I, it really wasn't my thing. I, you know, and so. And I would even when I was trying to write like romance, it would get dark. And I was like, well, forget it. I'm going to go there. I'm just going to let it go. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go take let let it go there. And so it, it happened more so just naturally. And I loved you know, when I did allow it to go because there was so many doors, so many worlds, so many characters. And they can, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't have to fit a box. They could be yeah. a spirit. A spirit could be the main character or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it it definitely makes sense because the each the genres have very specific things, but when it comes to dark fiction and the thrillers, 
you're really open to a lot of things um, when it comes to who the character is. So I, I totally get that. It could be an object. Yeah. Is almost the character, you know, yeah. like your, um, your, uh, the tray. I, I can't remember the name. I apologize. No, that's on, tray. Yeah. Th that's on your cover could be the main character of the story right, right. and that's and, that's and it's, it's very interesting you said that i was kind of wondering when i was in the infant stages of it do i have a book of where you, this tray is moving through these different families and all the bad things that happens because of the tray yeah i mean look at look at um there's so many stories that that does happen in why it's not necessarily the main character it is the main point of origin in the story and it's fascinating right i mean yeah i just go back to warehouse 13 the the tv show in my head where they had this warehouse of all these dark objects that they had to go and find and bring back because so anyways i geek out on little things oh yeah you know i totally so. i totally understand <laughs> So what's your favorite part of the book that you literally just was like, oh, I love this part. I just want to just gobble it up. <laughs> My favorite part of the book is um, not trying to, I don't want to give away too much. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, I loved, um, I loved when the main character, um, went into the shadow land put it that way okay. when when the I, I i was no longer bound by the reality of these four walls um it was almost as if uh well it was it almost as if i was allowed to take my character on dante's inferno's journey nice okay because i love dante's inferno and so yeah there is some similarities there uh yeah. but then it is my own inferno <laughs> Yeah. Now, will this is this currently an audiobook or is it just uh ebook and paperback at the moment? Um it is in the process right now of being an audiobook where we're trying to, to uh well not we're trying to we're uh cleaning it up and get hopefully getting it out there because I've got a lot of response of uh people searching or need want, looking desiring uh, audio version of the uh novel. Okay. That's just one of my selfish questions because I travel a lot. And since I retired from the Air Force, I don't fly anymore. Not that I like flew the plane before. I just, you know, rode in the plane. Um, and so I drive everywhere and I'm uh, popping an audio book for 17 hours and I'm good to go. So I was like, hmm, audio book opportunity. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And we were, we were working on that. Um, there was a glitch, but uh, now we're back on track. But yeah, I, I it it would have helped. Um, I was hoping to have you know novel and audiobook come out all at the same time. I think that would have been a, a great launch. Uh, but we had some issues. But it's awesome. on track now. Awesome. So so we talked a lot about the book, but one thing we didn't talk about is the premise for Shadowland. Can you give us that all-encompassing premise so people can, before we close out and finish our talks, the premise of Shadowland? Yeah, it's what I was saying. It's uh, basically a, the protagonist, Aaron, in this book, he and him and his friends uh, determine that they decide uh, one night over drinks that they're going to play with the divination tray and it unlocks this whole chaotic 
events that takes place in his life. Um, it causes, it's going to cause him, when you read it, you'll realize it's going to cause him to do some questioning of himself and of his relationships, uh, particularly in, in his family. Um, and in the end, he hopefully will be, you're going to find out that he's able to bring all this back together and, and create some kind of harmony, but not all the harmony he's seeking. But at the same time, he evolves as a as a as a person. This whole yeah. or the whole events causes him to evolve as a person and his relationships within his family. Nice. I love that. So one thing that I always ask authors before um, I end a podcast is is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Because I know that I literally sometimes take over the show and can't stop talking because I geek out when I get to talk to authors about their books. So is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we hit with the readers? Because I think they're really going to enjoy hearing you speak about Shadowland and all the fantastic things that are coming up. Once again, I just want to say it's Shadowland. You can get it uh, online bookstores anywhere. Um, order it at your independent bookstore. Um, audio is on its way. You can follow me at uh, I'm on uh, Instagram. Getting my 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 website right now is in construction. So, but I'm on Instagram as uh, PL Hampton underscore author, and I'm I would love to have uh, hear hear your feedback on, on the novel. Awesome, guys. You heard it here. Instagram, plhampton underscore author. Shadowland, you can get it at all the major platforms that sell books. You want to go grab the book. The cover is <clears throat> divine, and that is not a pun for the divination board that's on it. <laughs> you know, I'm not funny, but I do try. Um, <laughs> also, if you guys want to go over to thebookfest.com, you'll see P.L. Hampton was on a panel there, and you can hear him talk a little bit more, and you'll see he has an author page over on that website. You can learn a little bit more about P.L. Hampton there. I've had a great time Won tonight. Won a couple of awards there, too, as well, for horror and suspense and thriller. There you go. So award-winning author, and we're going to get all kinds of more awards because this book is just getting out there, and there's going to be some series and all kinds of other stuff happening. And then we're going to see him gracing the news channel for civil rights as long as people um, still want to start until we get some act right kicked into him, um, we're going to need CL or PL. I put my name and your name together. So it's, CL. <laughs> it's PL. PL is going to be over there um, putting some act right up in him um, as a civil rights lawyer. So thank you so much for what you are going to do for the, the humanity out there. And thanks for writing a fantastic book. I've had a great time, guys. Make sure you go over, check out PL's books and come back on the author's porch and find the next great author pl's one of them we're gonna have a great time see you guys later bye <music>